Hi, I'm Pastor Tom. Um, Carl is not here. Um, he's actually in Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. You guys know that song? It's an oldie song. Sorry, I, I always do this. I'm not prepared for this. I don't know this whole iPad thing. Okay. Um, but uh, he's in Kansas City. How many guys remember Pastor John Wiley? Great guy. He came to our men's camp, uh, camp. He actually taught it here. And we're actually returning the favor. Uh, Pastor Lance and Pastor Carr are there right now. Uh, they're teaching at their men's camp. Is that cool? And um, actually, it's a, a, another thing is Pastor Ralph um, is actually in Budapest. Guess where, I didn't even know where Budapest is. I know where it is now. It's in Hungary, right? Am I correct? Yeah. Isn't that amazing that our pastors are around the world right now, touching lives, doing the ministry? And so uh, you got me this morning, so here I am. Um, and I want to um, personally thank Carl for not giving me the tithing message. And uh, thank you so much. <laughs> and um, um, tonight we're, uh, today we're actually talking about being generous. Um, and we're continuing. It's kind of a part two from last week. Um, but I, seriously, I just want to say one thing. I, I heard Carl's teaching. And it... All my years of being a Christian, being on staff, that was literally one of the best tithing messages I have ever heard. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, in my mind, in my book. And so um, just this heart, uh, why we tithe. And, and you know, I'm, I've been tithing a long time. I'm a strong believer in tithing. All I know is God has taken care of me. God has absolutely taken care of me. And actually, we have a great video that we want to share, you, share with you. With, uh, there's a testimony from Robert Rodney. He goes to the 11 a.m. service, and uh, but watch what God did in his life through tithing. Hi, Hope Chapel. <laughs> this is Robert Rodney. I go to the 11 o'clock service. I was in a job that was nightmarish, um, gave me stress, caused problems in my marriage. I was always angry. I was always bitter. I had started out, I thought it was going to be great. But unfortunately, um, if you've ever had a boss who you develop a personality conflict with, this happened almost immediately. I'm not going to go into the details of it, let's just say it was trying to deal with somebody who was constantly trying to undermine you and in effect take credit for all of the great things that you did. Things happened and progressed in this job in another position, same position but at a higher activity level came up and I applied for it. I was supposed to get this position, a lot of things happened, this other person came in and basically took my position and I had already been promised it, I signed off on it, I interviewed for it, paperwork was signed but it just didn't happen. But I still kept praying, still kept going to church, still kept running my men's group. I finally got to go and serve in the capacity of the job that I was supposed to have. Get up there and lo and behold the manager that I had in the south now was promoted to the north, so the manager I thought I'd be getting away from, I wasn't getting away from, she was actually right there with me. So then uh, my wife and I, who's now, he wasn't my wife at the time, but 2010, we decided to finally get married. We got married on the 17th of July, 2010. I get home from my honeymoon, first meeting, first day back at work, and I found out that I was losing half of my income, just like that. We were still praying, we're still tithing, we're still doing all this, but I gotta tell you, it wasn't easy. And all this time, what's really miraculous is we never missed our rent payment. When we had the car, a car payment at the time, we never missed a car payment. 
We always had food on our table. Sometimes it got really scary as, you know, when we went from one night not knowing what we we're gonna eat in the next couple of days to eating Alaskan king crab and salmon and all this wonderful food that God just dropped in our laps. Please understand I wasn't sitting there happily. I was sitting there going, God help, help, screaming. Help me get out of this, I want another job. And I would search and I would send my resume out and I didn't get one interview, not one call back. And I must have sent out 100, 200 resumes, I don't know, from what I thought was a hopeless situation that was never gonna change, because three years is a long time. When it's happy and fun, it goes by like that, but when it's not, it seems like it's taking forever. Out of frustration and sheer, just almost on the hope of despair, I turned in one last prayer card. And I've heard Carl talk about this a uh, couple of uh, sermons that he did, I heard him talk about it. I asked for a specific job, a specific genre of the job. I wanted salary with commission. I wanted good benefits. I, I, I went down the list, because I figure, okay, maybe I'm not being specific enough. Turned that in, and I swear to you, that week, a friend of mine, coworker came to me and told me about this job. And I hadn't applied to anywhere else for a while because I had pretty much given up, I'll just be honest, I'd given up. So I applied for this job. And make a long story short, I jumped through all these hoops, got through all of the hoops, and got an interview. I go into the interview, my interview was four hours long, and from what I heard, that's unheard of. They never spend that much time. Got the job, started with the job, and all of that drama from the old job, all that stuff I had prayed that wasn't there anymore was gone and then some. I'm surrounded by a team of people who believe in me, who I believe in, who are trustworthy, who are hardworking, diligent. I don't have to watch my back. It's just a totally refreshing place. I'm making, starting to make the money that I used to make, which has increased my tithing, and I'm kind of happy because this morning I went to do my tithe and it's more than it used to be, and I'm really happy about that because my end goal is to tie 50% of my income. I'm only at 10 now, but I want to get to the point where I can do that. I said all this to say this. Even if sometimes you don't believe in God, He believes in you. Sometimes you don't have the faith, He has the faith. And all it takes is us just being obedient and loving Him with all our mind, strength, and, uh, and our will, and having the courage to just stand in there and withstand the wilderness that you go through sometimes and coming out on the other side. God has totally blessed us. I look forward to going to work every day. And it, I just can't describe the feeling that I have now compared to what I had even a year ago. All I'm here to tell you is just don't ever give up on God because He will not give up on you. Isn't that amazing? You know, I, I absolutely, I think that's a great testimony, but here's the thing. That's not the first time I've heard a testimony like that. And then, isn't that how good our God is? That it's not just one specific story. Actually, a lady after, Carl actually shared this story while he was preaching one time, and then there was a lady right after service that came up to me and said, was he talking about me? Because I wrote that on my prayer report. It's the same exact thing happened to her. And I wanted to say, just as someone that's just uh, seen miracles happen with people tithing and stuff, it's just God is faithful, isn't he? He provides, and he opens the windows, and he does this, and so I think that's great. And this morning, I'm continuing, this is kind of a part two of the, the world of the generous. Um, and it's, we're talking about an attitude and a culture of generosity. 
And uh, I'm going to be talking beyond our tithes this morning. But I want to tell you one thing. Can I confess something? I always end up, I always feel like I'm confessing stuff. This is like my confessional. Can we just talk a little bit here? Um, the scripture that Carl read last week from Proverbs was a scripture I heard maybe about, you know, I've read the Bible, I've read over the Bible, but this scripture just hit me a couple years back. Uh, we heard another t- uh, teaching about being generous from uh, another pastor, and it literally rocked my world. Um, and the, uh, basically, you know what I found out? I'm not generous. It was like, oh, Tom, you're okay. Tom. Thank you for the encouragement. But I found out literally as a pastor, as a Christian that has been a Christian since 1979, I found out I'm not a real generous person. I, did I tithe? Yeah, I gave the Lord generously. I gave to my God because he is worthy. But I wasn't, I didn't have a generous spirit about me. I was like, literally, I'm sorry. I was kind of tight. Like, I was like tight with my money. I was like, you know, I, I wanted to give for, for good reasons. I want to know what this money is good. I want to be a good steward of God's money, which we, God has called us to be a good steward of our money, amen, right? But I didn't have this generosity overflowing out of me. And I heard this, this verse, and it rocked my world. And I'm just admitting, can I admit that to you guys? And from then, I, I was, I, I've been a practicing generositor. Is that a real word? I just made it up. I've been, I've been trying to practice this thing called generosity because, because Pastor Carl already had it. I, I, I watched him. And I always kind of thought there's people with the gift of generosity. And Carl is the one that gives surfboards away to kids. Not me. <laughs> Not me. No, I, I was the one that's like, nah, he has a gift, and I just got, I play guitar, or I do whatever, I do something else. But not that generosity thing, I don't need that. But then th- I read this, and I heard this verse, Proverbs 11, verse 24, I want to read this again. Uh, this is the message version. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Now, this is one of those verses where if you hear this verse, you're either going, yeah, I'm on the right track, or, oh, it hurts. And this one hurt me. And if you take God out of this scripture, out of this specific verse, if you take out the spirituality of it, doesn't it just make sense that the the generous people, they're the popular ones? (laughs) Why? Because you get free stuff, right? Your, their, their world gets larger just automatically because they're, they're given the people, and so that makes friends. And that makes, I mean, how many guys knew the rich kid in high school? No one? No one? Anybody, were, anybody was friends with the rich kid in high school? Anybody was watching the rich kid in high school make friends? That was me. <laughs> I went to Midpack, private school Midpack. There's Midpack people here? Yeah, Midpack. Woo! Through the owls. Woo! That were the owls. <laughs> Midpack owls. <laughs> um, I went to Midpack, but when I went to Midpack, um, uh, any, Paul Mitchell, anybody know Paul Mitchell? Anybody use Moose or the, or the Paul Mitchell products? Paul Mitchell's son went to my school. And um, so obviously he was, obviously he was rich. He was popular. He came in with nice hair, right? <laughs> He's just like, whoo! glowing, had the nice car, typical, seriously, 80s, like, you know, the sweater, like, preppy guy, nice, just like, mm. he came into school, I, you know, he came in when I was in ninth grade or something, I was already going from seventh grade, or whatever, he came in, he instantly had a group of friends, his, 
his influence grew larger and his friends. And I've been here for three years and I have two friends. And you have 20 friends now. And he was trying to get, he lived in Lanikai. There was parties at his house. He drove people. He treated people lunch. Obviously, it wasn't under, he wasn't his money. He was just giving it away. But he was generous. So uh, logically, his world got larger and larger, right? Just in the world. But when you put God in this verse, and when you put God in this logic, it's a totally different thing, right? Of course, uh, if we're generous as Christians, people will be, will be attracted to us because, wow, that guy's a nice guy. That guy's a giving guy. But the one thing I have to know is when we're generous, God's spirit goes in there and he makes our world larger and larger. It's not our charisma or our gifts or our talents. It's God who expands us. Are you guys hearing me? Yes. It's God that creates it. We don't cause it to happen. It's God going, you know what? That's awesome. You're doing things for my name. You're, you're, you're doing it to, to make me famous, to make Jesus famous. Because of that, I will make your world larger and larger. Why? Because your influence will get larger and larger, which means more people will come to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, all right, right? Amen. That's logically, that makes sense. If we're committed to being generous and, and making him famous through our generosity and love, which is an awesome, powerful tool of doing it, he's going to look at us and go, yep, I'm going to give you more influence. He will expand your tent. The word says he will promote you. God will promote you. He will look at you and do this. And so I think that's an amazing thing. And what I'm talking about, I know um, Pastor Carl talked about the difference between tithing and offering. Tithing is our tithe, which literally means 10%. Right? It literally means 10%, which means we have allotted what God has given us. We have a lot of this percentage, and we're giving it back to him. It is an act of worship. Tithe is an act of worship to me. When I do that, I'm like, Lord, I thank you, and I praise you. And then this thing called offering is this above and beyond this thing. We, we give to Compassion Kids, Compassion Weekend next weekend. Awesome. I know you guys sponsor some Compassion Kids. There's some, some happy Filipinos right now. Thank you so much from my bottom of my heart. From the bottom of my heart, from my people. <laughs> I thank you. That's amazing that we do that. And that's above and beyond my tithe. But you know what? I'm not just talking about monetarily, here's, here's this above and beyond my tithe. I'm talking about using your resources for the Lord. I'm talking about using your gifts and talents. I'm talking about using your time, Are you Right? That's an offering to the Lord. And I really believe the difference between what uh, Carl was talking about is our tithe is, for God, uh, is, is towards God. We're giving it toward him as an act of worship. And then when we make an offering to, 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 in generosity, we're doing it for God, for his cause, to see his kingdom grow. How many guys want to see his kingdom grow? Let me put it another way. How many guys want to see people come to Jesus Christ? That this, this place is filled to the brim. That Easter, 144 people came to Jesus Christ. I, I just love when people come to the Lord and go, I want Jesus. And that's what we do. When we are generous, people will see that. We are proving God's love because of it. And, and so I have four Ps for you guys this morning. Um, last week, Carl had four Ps for the tithing. I have four Ps for this generosity, this, this attitude and this culture of generosity. Why should we do it? My first P is that it promotes growth. Now, you, you know, you're probably thinking, you just said that. We're going to expand. God's going to make it larger and larger. What I re really mean by that generosity promotes growth, it actually promotes growth in us. It makes us mature Christians. It actually stretches us. 
I don't know about you, but it stresses me. Maybe some of you guys really have the gift of generosity and it's easy for you. I'm sorry, it ain't easy for me. I know a lot of guys are going, amen, brother, I don't say it, but yeah, I'm Cindy too. But yeah, it's not easy for me, and it, it stretches me, and it matures me in Christ. Um, Luke 16 says this, and this is Jesus talking, and I want, in verse 9, it says, here's the lesson, and I want to stop there. Whenever Jesus is speaking, and he says, here's the lesson, you better per- perk your ears, because how many guys want to learn from Jesus, directly from Jesus? This is direct advice from Jesus Christ. Here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others. He says, give. Give of yourself. Use whatever you got. Give it to others. Give it to other people. And, I love this additional, and make friends. You're going to make friends. Then when your earthly possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. If you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with uh, other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I mean, gosh, here's the lesson. Jesus spoke some pretty heavy words. He opens it up. Use your worldly resources to build your own kingdom, to fatten your checkbook. No, use your worldly resources to benefit others. How many of you guys have ever read um, Purpose Driven Life? Right? Here's the Bible, right? Like, Purpose Driven Life is like right underneath there. It's like, boom. I mean, that guy, Pastor Rick Warren, wrote an incredible book called Pastor, uh, Purpose Driven Life. How many of you guys remember what the first line in Purpose Driven Life? When you open the book, first chapter, first, first line, it's not about you. And how many of you guys close the book and go, ah, uh, <laughs> I thought it was about me. I don't want to read this book, Ugh, right? So convicting. It's not about you because seriously, as I'm just speaking for myself and I'm hoping you guys relate, I'm pretty selfish. I think about myself a lot. I'm sorry, I'm spitting here, right? <laughs> I think about myself a lot. I'm thinking about my own priorities and my own money and my own family and my own things. And, and when he says it's not about you, that means I have to think about, uh, about others, uh, like above myself. And the thing about being generous, having a generous spirit, that, prom- that, 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 that causes growth in you because it stretches you because it's this thing that stretches you to say, I, gotta, I have to think about others. When I think gen- with generous eyes and a generous mind, I have to think of others. Because I'm like generous to yourself. No one's, I'm going to give myself a present. Woo, no. You're generous to others. It gets, uh, gets us out of ourselves and really... Uh, following Pastor Rick Warren's advice that it's not about me. It's about others, right? And then in verse 10, it says, but if you are um, dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And, you know, you look at Jesus, and I, I think he's really, you know, he's trying to make a point to his disciples, and he's making a point to us. He's like, if you're dishonest with the little things, then you won't get the greater things, right? You can see, like, whoa, man, he's really laying, laying in on them. I'm like, okay. But I look at this verse uh, 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 on another way too. It's the fact that Jesus Christ looks at you, looks at me, and he says, I have greater responsibilities for you to do. 
Does that, does that make sense for you guys? It's this positive, like, I have a plan for you. You have no idea what I can do through you. I, I made you. You are my masterpiece. I know what you are capable of, which means I want you to be good with what I've given you right now because one day I will give you the greater responsibilities that I've already planned for your life. Now that to me says, wow, God looks at me at a different level than I see myself. Jeremiah 12, 11, uh, let me find the verse. Uh, Jeremiah 12, verse 5 says this. If racing against mere men makes you tired, how will you race against horses? If you stumble and fall on open ground, what will you do in the thickets near the Jordan? In the context of this verse, Jeremiah was actually complaining to the Lord. You know, the, Jeremiah had a heavy calling uh, to be a prophet of the Lord. And Jeremiah just complained to God. How many of you guys have ever been there before? Complain, complain to God. It's okay to complain to God. Jeremiah did it, right? But you better watch out for the answer. Because God talks back, let me tell you. Uh, so he's complaining to God. God, why are, are the wicked and the evil prospering? What's going on here? Why are you calling me to them? Right? The wicked are prospering. I'm tired of this. And here's God's, God's answer. He says this. I'll read it again. If racing against mere men makes you tired, how will you race against horses? Now, here's the thing. If you really look at this, isn't that ridiculous? I want to see a show of hands. How many guys can actually meet, match the speed of a horse? Scanning the room. Oh, got some hands up. <laughs> Little kid. <laughs> the mom's all, no, not you. <laughs> That's ridiculous. He's all, I'm fast. What are you That's confidence, my man. That's confidence. Awesome. <laughs> no one, right? That's a ridiculous thing that we can actually match the speed of a horse. What he's really saying to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I know you. I know what you're capable of. I have a great plan for you. If you can't handle this, you can't handle what I'm going to give you down the road because I know what you can do. I know your potential. And here's the thing. He looks at you and looks at all of us. He says, you can race with horses. Amen. With my power inside of you and my spirit inside of you, you can do a lot of things that you think you can't do. Isn't that cool? Isn't that encouraging? And here's the thing. It's like we got we to gotta make sure that we don't limit tomorrow's potential by what we do or don't do today. And the way I know how I can reach my potential in the Lord, here's one thing I can do. I can be generous. I can be generous. I think that is one easy, not easy, but it's a tangible thing that we can go, I am going to think of others outside of myself and I'm going to give of what I have, whether I have a lot or what I, whether I have little. And like I admitted to you guys, this is why I'm totally honest with you guys, I just learned how to do this recently. In the last couple of years, literally, I'm just like, this idea of generosity, finally like, ah, oh, okay, I get it, right? Seriously, I'm going to be honest, I, I, there's no way, I, two years ago, I would be like, uh, Carl, I ain't doing this one, get, get somebody else, because I don't, I don't know how to do this. But, but over the years, I've been challenged and stretched. Um, I'm sorry if I'm repeating stories, I've, maybe I've ter- told this before, but uh, I'm going to say it again. There was one time I was coming up to church. Uh, really early when the 7 o'clock uh, service started, so there's no one on the road, and so I'm like getting ready to get in my car. Then this 
this car drives up right by my apartment, and there's a lady in it, and she looks hysterical, and she's all upset and stuff. She's like, oh, man, Mr. Mr. Hey, you know, my, my boyfriend locked me out of the house, and I've been driving around for hours all night, and I don't know what to do, and I'm running out of gas. Do you have money for gas? Can you just give me some, give me some money, whatever it is? I'm all, oh, all right. And so in the back, here's what's going in my mind. I'm like going, you're, you're making this up. You're, you just want to take my money right now. Right? And I'm just, uh, right now, right? I'm just me struggling with this whole generosity thing. I'm just like tight, right? So I'm just struggling with this. I'm like, ah, you're just, you're just lying to me right now. I'm like, you know, I'm like, mm, come on. I'm going to church right now. Come on. Don't leave me alone, right? <laughs> Literally, God intervenes like he always does. Don't you hate that? It's like when he intervenes, like, hey, what did I tell you, Tom? Remember that the world of the generous gets larger and larger? Do you want your world to get smaller and smaller? Or do you want to get, to get larger? You want to be a generous person. You want to have an attitude of generosity. I'm like, yes, I do, Lord. I actually committed to that. Well, then give her some money. I'm like, okay, well, I'll give her a couple bucks. <laughs> Dollar or two. <laughs> she can ask someone else. I'll give her more money, right? So I look at my, my wallet. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you some money. I'm like, I'm looking for dollars, right? There's no dollars, just <laughs> 20s. Just straight 20s. I'm looking for the loose change in my wallet. Like, come, come on. No, like, I get the, I'm like, then I, I just pull the, do, like the 20 out. I'm, so, I'm sure she can see the two and zero. She's like, ooh, yeah. I'm just like, oh, come on. Uh, here, I have the, yeah, God. And I, I put in the Christian knees. God bless you, right? <laughs> and it was almost like, God better bless you. I'm like, you know, am I mad? Am I, I'm just being honest here, right? It was, a, it was a stretch for me. I was like, God better bless you. I am not kidding. When she drove away, the picture in my brain was her doing this with my money. Oh, what a stupid Maddie fell for that. The old boyfriend locking him out of the house trick. I just, I literally saw her just chuckling at me like, oh, and I was just like, Man, I was so bummed. And immediately when, when I thought that thought, um, I really believe the Holy Spirit said, does it really matter? Did it really, does it really matter that she just lied to you? Or maybe she was really in me. Does it really matter? Because Tom, I called you to be generous. I called you to do it. Not her. She's doing what she needs to do. I understand where her life is. I know her. But you, you, I called you as a Christian, not as a pastor, as, as someone who loves me to follow me to be someone that always is generous, have a generous attitude. And I know there's wisdom that we have to use and we have to be good, good stewards of God's money. That's the one thing I told you. But you know what? We, we need to be good stewards of God's money and we also need to be generous because God has called us to be that. I know it's not easy, right? I know it's not easy. The second thing, I have to get through this. The second thing, the second P uh, that generosity does in our lives, that it proves love. Last week, we talked about tithing, how it proves, it proves our love to God. God says, do you love me? Right? He says, test me in this. Test me. Right? It, it proves our love to God. But in this context, you know what it proves our love to? It proves that the world is looking at us, and it proves that we love Jesus Christ. When they look at us when with their very own eyes, they see those people are generous. There's something about them. And I really believe people who follow Jesus Christ should be a cut above the world that is generous. We should be generous because of the fact that we have God's spirit in us. We should be a cut above of it. You know, because we don't just give money. You know what we give? Peace. 
love, mercy, forgiveness. There's all these things that we give people that the world cannot give, right? Jesus himself said, the peace I give, the world cannot give. That's what we get to offer people. We give way more than that. And so in 2 Corinthians verse eight, uh, chapter 8, verse 6 says this, so we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encouraged you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love for, uh, from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. I am not commanding you to do this, but I am testing, here's the kicker, how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of the other churches. I love the fact that he says that you should excel, excel in generosity. How many of you guys are actually really good at it? Let's, let's be selfish for a little bit, right? Let's just say it's all about me right now to, to yourself. How many of you guys are really good at something? Come on, shout out what you're good at. Come on. What? Guitar playing. Oh, we got a guitar player. Anybody, what are you really good at? Dancing. Dancing. I like that. What? Cooking. Cooking. I want to go to your, can I go to your mini church? Get a cooking? (laughs) Actually, that's Brad there. I know where you live. Okay, I'm there. Actually, I've been to your house. He is good at cooking. Actually, Maria is really good at cooking. They got some good food. Yeah. Racquetball? Oh, man. Racquetball. I used to be good at drums. And the, the reason why I got, I got good at drums is because I played it all the time. I played it every day after school. I played it for band. We had gigs. I played, every, I played four or five times a week, and I got really good. I excelled at being, how do you excel at something? You practice it. It's consistent. It's frequent. How do you excel at being generous? Do it. Practice it, right? Just get out there and look for things to be generous for, right? Just get out there and do it. You have to, right? And it says in John 13, verse 34, it says, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Which means this, is that when people look at you, look at the church, look at Christians, they look at you and they're watching you. They witness you doing generous and loving acts. They see it with their very own eyes. And that would be proof that you love Jesus. How many guys are married here? All right, we've got some, a lot of married guys. Awesome. Um, I am married as well. And <laughs> thank you. Um, and for the rest of my life, I love my wife. And I can think on my couch in my spare time and say, I, I love Grace. I really, really love grace, right? But you wives, how many of you guys know, that ain't good enough. <laughs> that you're just sitting there thinking, I love her. How many of you guys know, you got to act upon it. Okay. You got to do, come on, can I get an amen for that? All the, all the wives, amen. I want some flowers. I want some romance. <laughs> you got to act upon it. You have to do it. You actually have to show love. You have to speak love. It's an action. You have to work at it. You can't just think, oh, I love her, I love her, I love her, right? Like, you better know what I'm thinking. What am I thinking, right? I, I, I saw a great tweet this, uh, um, this week uh, from Nicky Gumbel, uh, the guy who did Alpha. And uh, he said this, he tweeted this, five frogs are sitting on a log. Four decide to jump off. How many are left? 
I hear different answers. Answer is five. Why? Because deciding and doing are not the same thing. I heard a, oh. <laughs> Isn't that hit you with a ton of bricks? Because deciding and doing is not the same thing. If we say we are generous, that's great. We're going to prove to the world that we're generous by doing it, by acting it out, by doing things that are generous. They're going to know by our love that we love Jesus Christ. Um, and I want to just tell you guys, I really believe this. And I'm not just saying this. I really believe. And we're working at it. We're trying to excel at being generous. But we are in a generous church called Hope Chapel Connery Bay. I want to give you guys a hand. Right? Seriously, come on. You guys are a generous church. And I'm telling you, just from my personal experience, why? Because I see it on a weekly and daily basis. I watch you guys, and I see the generosity. How many of you guys actually host in your home a mini church? Come on, raise your hand. How many of you guys host a mini church? Let's give these people a hand. Why? Why? They got to clean their house every week. They got to clean their toilet every week. They got to have strangers come into their house. They got to cook food for them. How, how hospitable can people be on a weekly basis? It's like, oh my goodness, they're coming. I give you guys credit. I used to have a junior high mini church, right? I, I think the, those are the most generous people on earth that would allow junior hires to come into their home. I promise you, those are the most generous people. I actually got disinvited to a house one time. It's like, sorry, you no longer can come to this house anymore. Yeah, I know. I'm so sorry. These junior highs are nuts, right? And seriously, I, in my life, I've seen people fix my cars for free. In my life, I've seen just people just, just give me, I've seen people re, re, uh, renovate my whole apartment, right? Because the gifts in this church, people are like, dude, I'll do that. I'll put the floors in. I'll put the tile in. You know what the benefit of, of being in a church is, of generous people? That they're giving all the time. And you, you, you got people who can do stuff. And you get this cycle of generosity. And it's amazing. It's amazing to be a part of a generous church. And I'm just telling you from my very own eyes, you, Hope Chapel, Kanye Bay, you guys tonight, tell me this morning, are a generous church. And I love that about you. And you know what? We can only get better. We can only get, uh, excel at it even more. And I think it's an amazing thing. Um, the third thing is that um, the third P is that it propels ministry. Now, of course, this is an obvious thing. Even Pastor Carl talked about it last week, is that we support ministry through our tithe. I love the example that he gave was that, um, that you know, when we tithe, we support Pastor Frank. I love Pastor Frank, our new singles person. Pastor, he did the summit last week. And people were saw her super fun. People were at the summit, and they did a whole bunch of stuff. And, and we support the leaders for our, our tithe, and they, they did a whole bunch of, like, I don't know, candles on the tables. And 10 people got saved at this fun event. 10 people came to the Lord. And I really believe that my tithe is correlated to people coming to Jesus Christ. I didn't, Jesus is the one that saves them. Of course, he's the one that did everything. But all my little bit provide the air conditioning. My little bit provides the comfortable seats that someone's going to raise their hand to love Jesus Christ for the rest of their lives. I mean, that's, that's what, wow, I love that, right? Um, Matthew 6 says this, verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat, from, uh, eat them and rust destroys them. 
and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And for the longest time, and I still think this, for the longest time, I always kind of thought, like when I read that verse, that there's like a room in heaven with a treasure chest, like the old, like, you know, like Pirates of the Caribbean treasure chest. And like every time I do ministry, I'm like loving people. I'm like, I'm sharing the Lord with someone. I just see like gold coins multiplying in my chest, like ding, 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 ding. And it's like, I'm like, I'm storing up treasures in heaven. I, I don't know why, but that's what came in my brain, right? And like when I get to go to heaven, it's like, there you are, Tom, look, woo, you know? But you know what the real treasure in heaven is? Other people. Lives. The people that we touch through our generosity, the people that we maybe led to the Lord, but not even that, the, Lord, the people that we just love when they didn't even deserve to be loved. That we were just, that the, the, the lady I gave 20 bucks to, hopefully she came to Christ. You know, it's like one of those things, like these, when, when you get to heaven, you go, wow, my, what I did here on earth actually counted for something. Why? Because these people get to live with Jesus for the rest of their lives, for the rest of eternity. The real treasure is other people. And when we, when, we, um, when we are generous, we're supporting ministry, right? Compassion, great thing. You know why I love compassion? They give food, they give support, but the, you know what thing, uh, another thing they give? They give Jesus Christ. And that's why I love compassion, because they're dedicated to make sure that these kids grow up knowing Jesus. I love that. The last thing, the last P, is that it promises blessing. Now, I did talk about it's not about you and we should make sure that we give to others. But here's the most amazing thing about our God. He always gives back to us. You saw the, uh, the testimony of Rodney, uh, Robert Rodney. Um, and the one thing I know about my God is if I'm gonna give, He's going to take care of me. Um, in Luke 6, verse 38, it says this. Give and you will receive. You know that's a promise? You know that's an incredible promise from the Lord? That when you give, you will receive. And more than that, I love this part. It says, you, your gift will return to you in full pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. I think this is such a great picture because it's like one of those pictures like you're at the farmer's market, right? And you're getting beans or something. And you got a bag and like they're filling your bag with beans and you're like, all right, well, shake it up. Okay, shake it up. Guess what happens when you shake it up? The beans fall in the little cracks. It goes down. There's room for more. Well, press it down. Okay, I'm going to press it down some more. Okay, cool. There's room for more. He's saying, I'm going to fill it to overflowing, and then it's going to come on your lap. How many guys think that's good news? Right? I'm sorry if this is a little stupid, but the only analogy I can think of is the famous Slurpees from 7-Eleven. Anybody love Slurpees? Come on. You know what the best thing about Slurpees is? The, a 7-Eleven decided to make it self-serve. That is the, the most genius thing about that thing because you get to do it yourself. And so come on, anybody with me? I grab the cup. 
I choose my flavor, make sure you know they're icy and all that, the same consistency. And so I pour it in, right? And I fill it to the top. You know what I do next? Come on, you pound it on that table. Boom, boom, boom. And all the air pockets come out and all the bubbles and all the little things. Just, and then you can see the Slurpee go, I'm all, ooh, more Slurpee, right? And you're just like, you're feeling more Slurpee and then you pound some more and you pound it until it's all the way to the brim. Then, then they give you not the flat cover, they give you the dome cover. <laughs> the dome cover, which means more Slurpee, right? So you put the dome cover on, right? You put more. Then what do you do next? You pound some more, right? Then you take a couple sips for good measure because you have to test the flavor and the consistency. Right? Maybe one more, right? And then you fill it again. You, you fill it again till it's literally that little hole and then, then the icy is literally, this, it's popping out like a little bit like over that. You don't want to fill it too much because you don't want the, um, the slurpy slipper. The, you don't want the sticky slurpy slipper. It's like, right? You don't want that, right? You don't. That's just bad, bad slurpage. Okay. Um, but let me tell you one thing. God is doing that for us. God is, when we give, when we empty up our cup, the cup that God has provided for us, we have a cup and we have stuff in it and then we give it away. God brings out the slurping machine and go, let's do this. Come on. Shh. Boom, boom, boom. Cap on it. Come some more. Shh. And you know what? God will give you slurpy slipper. Because it says, it says it right here. It's poured into your lap. Now, I want to get serious. It's poured into your lap. That is what God is going to do for you when you give. When you have a generous heart, he says, I will give to you and more. That's our God. And I have a, I have a story. I mean, I'll end with this story. is the fact that I, re I recognize this in my learning of how to excel to be generous. I learned this in another lesson. It all happened. Like, literally, I remember I heard this verse. I remember Carl did a teaching on generosity. And like I said before, Carl already knows how to be generous. See, I've watched him do it. And I was like, ah, oh, he has the gift of generosity, not me. And I remember one time my friend called me up. Um, and he just said, hey, man, can I, can I borrow some money? And he explained what he wanted to buy. And literally in my logical brain, I'm just like, I don't agree what, what you're buying. I, I, don't, I think that's a want rather than a need. It's not like I'm giving to like, man, you're in desperate need right now. You, you, basically, this is kind of a luxury thing. So I was really debating on the phone. I'm like, I'm like he's all, dude, I just need this. Blah, 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 I need this amount of money. And, and at the time, my wife was pregnant with twins, knowing that I need to, to give my money to that rather than to him. So I was even more like, man, it's tight times. I don't know. And God came in again. It's like, what about that being generous? Right? We just talked about this. I, I, I want you to be generous, Tom. And I just, I just buckled down. I just said, you know what? You're going to have the money. I'll give you the money. I'll meet you where. How do you want this? I'll, I'll get it to you right now. I know you need it. I know you actually had to call me up, and that's not an easy thing. And you had to ask for money. And so, you know what? I'll give it to you. A couple days later, he actually calls me back. And literally, I'm, so, I'm not joking, the first thought in my mind, he wants more money? <laughs> really? I'm like, okay. So I, I answered the phone. He's like, hey, um... I want to donate something to the church. Um, I have a car, another car that I have, and uh, I'm trying to sell it. It didn't sold, sold, so I want, I, want to, I want to donate it to the church. So if you 
Can you just ask around if you know anybody in need? Um, let me know, and I'll, you know what? I'll just, I'll just give it to you guys, to the church, and then you can decide who to give it to. So I'm like, okay, I'll ask around. I'll ask around. And um, so I hung up, and I don't hear the audible voice of the Lord. Um, I just hear whatever the Lord speaks to me. But I literally believe the Lord told me this. That car's for you, idiot. And I know the Lord doesn't think I'm an idiot, but in this context, this situation, God was like, you're an idiot. And let me kind of backstory. My wife was pregnant. At the time, I had a car. It was a two-door Civic Honda, the bachelor car of the 90s, right? It was like, you know, I had it when I was single and I got married, but now I need a family car and this car was falling apart, the air conditioner was falling. And, um, but in my mind, I'm going, well, you know what, this kind of car, there's other people that are way more needy in the church and you know what, I'm a pastor, I'm on staff, I'm not gonna take the donation. And God's just like, no, you take it, this is for you. I am providing your needs right now because I actually asked for a new car. I called them back, said, hey man, what's up? Hey, I, I found somebody. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, it's me. <laughs> Can I have that car? He's all, yeah, man, for sure. And I got the car and I drive it today. I have the Subaru Forester, four doors. Um, it's great. It's awesome. It's seriously, it's in great condition. Um, but here's the thing. Two months later, my kids were born. And that built my faith so much because of the fact that God did not give me the car two years before and go, here, have the Subaru. Because one day, you might need this. No, he gave it to me right when I needed it. Exactly when I needed it. God supplied my need. He overflowing. He pressed down. He shaken. He gave me something that I didn't even think I was going to get. And I was so in awe of my God. And he said, see, did I not tell you I would do this? Did I not give you a promise? And I love my Lord for that, don't you? That he does stuff like that. And I, I'm encouraging you that it's not just for me. This is for you too. This, this culture of generosity is this thing that we will give and God will fill. And he will fill in the spaces for you. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord, I just want to thank you for being the generous God that you are, the great example Jesus, I read your word and I just see how you gave to people, how you gave of yourself. Um, it's an amazing thing. And I, Lord, I pray that as a church that we would get a glimpse of this, God. Lord, I know that we are a generous church. But I know also the fact that me being one of the pastors, that I'm just learning how to do it. I'm kind of a newbie at it. And I don't think I excel at it. I don't think I excel at it. And I just pray that I... Help me too to excel at it, that you would help us to excel at it as a church, Lord, because here's the thing, I know for a fact that you will enlarge our tent, that you will make our influence greater. You will, you will bring people into your kingdom because of it, Lord. You want people to come into your kingdom. And I know this is the one, of the, one of the things that the world can evidently see in us, this generosity. Lord, give us your spirit of generosity, God. We praise you. We thank you in Jesus' precious name. I want to say another prayer while everyone's praying. I just want to, I want to pray with anyone here 
that wants to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. If you've never done that, or maybe you're coming back. Maybe you're just, man, Jesus has not been my Lord for a while. I want to make him my Lord now. And I'm going to say a prayer. Basically, you're, you're telling Jesus, Jesus, I believe what you did on the cross for me, that you died for me. And because you died for me on the cross, my sins are forgiven. I become a child of God. I am set free. You want to give me abundant life and pour your generosity on me? And you're just telling Jesus, I want that. And because of that, because you died for me, I will give you my life. I will follow you. If you're sitting here and you want to make that commitment this morning, I want to encourage you to do it right now. This is your opportunity. In my book, this is one of the most, this is the most important part of this service is to see people coming to Jesus. If you want that this morning, I'm going to count to three. And after that, I want you to raise your hand and tell me that you want to pray with me this morning to do that, to make a commitment to Jesus Christ. So here we go. When you're ready, just here we go. I'm going to go, I'm going to count to three, and on three, just raise your hand and tell me, Pastor Tom, I want that. I want Jesus Christ this morning. Here we go. One, two, three. Does anybody want that this morning? Go, hands. One, two, three, four, five, six. Anybody else? Seven. Awesome. More people. Awesome. And we got a bunch of people in the same area. That's cool. Anybody else? If I didn't see you, awesome. I'm going to say this, best decision you'll ever make because it's a life, soul-changing decision. Anybody else? I see you. I see you. Awesome. I see you. So excited. Once in the here I am. That's cool. All right. Put your hands down. And I want you to say this prayer like it's your prayer to Jesus Christ. Jesus, I come before you right now, humbly and sorry that, I, that I've ignored you. I come before you right now proclaiming that you are my Lord and my Savior, proclaiming that you died on the cross for me, that you gave your life for me. And because of that, I am forgiven of sin. Because of that, I am free from death and sin. And I'm a child of God right now. Lord, I will follow you. I don't know what that means. I don't know what to do, but I'm taking the first step of faith right now to be called a follower of Christ, born again, Christian, lover of God. I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.